This is The Playbook. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm David Meltzer, and I'm giddy because I have what uh, some people think is my best friend. He's actually said he was my best friend. <laughs> I, I, put him, I made him say it, and we quoted it. But uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is on Office Hours. Gary V, as most people know him. Welcome to Office Hours, my friend. It's really nice to be with all of you. Thank you for having me. You're amazing. So um, I was sharing with everybody entrepreneurship and how it's changed over the years. To be an entrepreneur, Gary, when I, I was young, was like being an actor. If you told someone I'm an entrepreneur, regardless of how successful you were, they're like, so you wait tables? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, you know, thankfully, I met you, and I have to admit, I was in the Nike suite at the Super Bowls. It'll be five, it'll be six Super Bowls coming up to meet his brother about a sports agency deal. And he came in and people went crazy. Gary V's here, Gary V's here. And I literally said, what's a Gary V? And I thought maybe <laughs> it was a fourth round draft pick that I missed. Um, <laughs> but he has truly created a brand for entrepreneurs, a heroic brand. And I think Gary, my question is at a core, everyone's talking about this Lego video that here's a guy who's leading the way of entrepreneurship and Yet you're talking about like $2,000 that you made on eBay for Legos. You know, what is it in your personality? There's a definition of a serial entrepreneur. You don't give a shit about how big the project is. You are completely obsessed with the idea of buying and selling and creating margin. And I'm obsessed with the responsibility of having people be attached to the message that I'm putting out there. Beautiful. In a time where I'm incredibly concerned about interest rates and how much VC money there is and consumer confidence, knowing that people have all sorts of stuff in their house that's worth money or the ability to go to a garage sale tomorrow and buy stuff that's worth money inspires me. And whether it's closing a $25 million deal for VaynerMedia or buying something for a dollar and selling it for $7 on eBay. For me, it's one in the same game. And when you have millions of people following you, tens of millions of people following you, I, I, I'm surprised by how many people don't understand you have the responsibility of providing value to them, not them giving you likes and follows. And, and so for me, to your point, I'll be as excited to make a video about a CNBC article about flipping Legos as I will about telling people four years ago that if they bet the farm on TikTok, things can work out for them and everything in between. And um, while it's now 4.42 p.m. on the East Coast as we're filming this, while spending, I don't know, six hours today with Fortune 100 companies on their macro global marketing plans. And so I have a lot of flexibility in my entrepreneurship now that I got the gray hairs and I try to use all those skills on a daily basis. You're amazing. Chance. Oh, Gary, love you, man. You have just giving me the permission to just promote content and just put it out there and get the message out there. And you've been an inspiration for me and my entrepreneurial journey for so long. So I'm, I'm honored to be here uh, and, and ask you some questions. So I'm a new father. Uh, I have a one-year-old and I'm also, our business is growing very, very quickly. And so I know you, you go all in with your business and you're all over the place on the road a ton. How do you balance that with your kids, your family? Uh, that, yep. I just, that's a big question for me. By not overjudging myself and by being aware that it's going to ebb and flow, you know, um, some days are going to be a 15-hour day when you have a business because what people that don't have businesses don't realize is your business is the other child, mm -hmm. 
you know, and it's also the child that feeds your actual child. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that people are like, oh man, like they can never say like, oh my God, I'm gonna pick my business over my child. But the reality is there's not an entrepreneur on the planet that hasn't in the micro, not in the macro. And so it's a game of not beating yourself up, brother. Like you have, God willing, the next 70 years, at least maybe 80, given how young you are in modern medicine, to spend time with that child. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, nobody wants to miss an hour here or an hour there. Who wants to miss their kid's first step or their first word? Nobody wants to miss a recital or a big game. And you fight for those things. I always, always fight for those things. But if the occasional scenario pops up where I don't have the opportunity to attend something because I, there's a critical moment in a business that is very important, I'm not gonna beat myself up and say that I'm not a good dad. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't even see my dad the first 13 years of my life because he worked so much because we just came to America and he's the best dad and we have the greatest relationship. So I'm, as you can imagine, I'm not scared of it. Yeah. No, thank you. And you know, I had that conversation with my my wife. I was like, "Babe, we're on we're on team Welton. Like when when you're at home and you're taking care of the kid, and yes, those are those harder times when I'm away. You're allowing me to go out there and have impact and meet people and change the world and be able to build our legacy. And so when you think about it in that form, like that's really helped our relationship grow to that next level. Like, babe, we're doing this together. We're having impact together. Even though you're sitting at home with the child and I'm out, you know, hanging out with David Meltzer and being able to speak with you and, and get the message out. So it's like we're still just all rowing in the same direction and. Yeah, and oh, by the way, oh by, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, like the luck, the incredibleness of raising a child is way cooler than talking to Gary Vee and David Meltzer. For sure. And But to that same point, when your kids get older and I have three teenage, 23, 21, and 18, and one actually works with me now, you know, just be realistic. They don't want to F and spend all their time with you either. <laughs> you know, I, I beg for well, two minutes that, a day and I'm cool with it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that starts transitioning around 13 where kids become the, their friends become their primary life, not their parents. So I will say for young parents, you know, milk as much as you can out of one through 13. Dave, I'm sure you feel this. I already feel it in ways. Milk as much of that time when we were the center of their world, because you're right, it flips. You know, for, for now you have parent. I mean, there's only, I mean, at this point in my career, the only person I can think of that doesn't pick up my call is my daughter. <laughs> and so it's just a big game of not overjudging yourself is really what we're all talking about here. And the next guy is going to ask you a question I wanted to get you together with because they have an extraordinary company doing extraordinary things. In fact, I think they even have a Michael Bay movie for you or something. So we got to, after the show, make sure you get that introduction, Colin. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so Gary, apart from selling Legos on Ebays, you're obviously uh, <laughs> m- most known for NFTs, which is sort of our game too. And uh, I just want to get your opinions on the future of the NFT market because it's changed radically in the last year or two, and I see so much more maturation in the market as well. Um, we're, you know, bringing, we're democratizing concerts and bringing them to everyone around the world, working with A-list artists like Snoop Dogg and like Alicia Keys, and bringing them into the world of Web3 and exploring how they can reach new people and engage with new audiences and interact with their fans using, you know, the power of NFTs. Um, I think the days of the super expensive PFPs are, you know, more or less behind us, and now it's all about, you know, community and club membership. But I just, Gary, I kind of wanted to understand from you where you think it's going in the future, and uh, and what we're going to see over the next 
you know, short to medium term? Short to medium term, I don't even think about. Um, so I don't think I have the best guesses. I think I was awfully right that 99% of the projects were gonna go to zero when I was yelling about that a year ago in the height of the hype because it wasn't sustainable. But the long-term is very clear. NFTs are digital contracts um, that have utility or rights underneath them in the smart contract and they will become a way of life, no different than apps and social media and email. And I think the consumer blockchain will do for transactions what the internet did for communication. And so I don't have a whole lot of thoughts about the short term. I, I said 4,000 times a year ago that the NFT market right now is exactly what happened with internet, 99. There'll be a crash. There'll be two or three years of lulldom. And then the next generation of major companies will pop up from that you know, low, just like we saw with Amazon and Google and all that stuff. And we're right on track. You know, Everybody's asking me about the market. And I've said the same thing I'm saying when the market was ripping hot that I am now. The, there'll be 1% projects that are really meaningful. Some of them will be about collectability. The Andy Warhols and the Jackson Pollocks and the Michael Jordan rookie cards and the rare sneakers and the coins and the Rolexes and the rare cars, they'll be a part in NFT land for sure. But the 99% will be about the contracts, the access the tickets, the receipts, the membership clubs. And um, I think we're on track. Yeah, I, I look. I I completely agree. I think it's very very clear that utility is now coming in, and like our last guest Thomas using NFTs to allow ordinary people to invest in property. I think NFTs are going to take over the market, and exactly as you said, they're going to be everywhere because ultimately it's just about it's infrastructure. On a digital asset. It's in, it's infrastructure. It's just it, the railroads. Like, of course, NFTs are going to be everywhere. Like when people are like NFTs are dead. That's like, people don't get it. They're like, see, NFTs are like Beanie Babies. No, no, NFTs are stuffed animals. <laughs> right? and NFTs are stuffed animals. Stuffed animals are always here. Like the majority of under two-year-olds on earth have stuffed animals right now. Um, but maybe the individual stuffed animals change, right? People are not buying Shirley Temple dolls for Raggedy Ann today. They might be buying Baby Shark. But the concept of the stuffed animal stays. NFTs are the concept, they're the macro. It may be V Friends or Board Ape or World of Women today and it might be something else in 30 years. It's up to me and the people that run those two IPs to be great executors so that our things are around. But you know, NFTs are like saying cartoons. Cartoons are around, um, but most fail and some become the Simpsons and everything in between. And so the concept of NFTs is here forever uh, individual NFT projects will come and go, just like the concept of iPhone apps are here forever, but the individual apps change. Vine is not here, but it was, and that's how the game plays. Well, I watch Gary a lot, not, not for the content itself, but for that idea of being at ease while everyone thinks you're not. Like if you take a brand and say, this guy goes at it, he's like a pit bull in a china shop. No, he's actually Buddhist. If you really examine, not the con, like the words, but understand that like he's on a mission to change the world, knowing that all tides move to a, the lowest point of humility. And although the daily activities seem very rigorous, 
he's at ease. And that's how, even last night, Gary, we were at dinner and everyone's like, you're 54 years old, how do you have more energy than me? And I said, well, we all have the same energy, you're interfering with it, right? You interfere with, with the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior. A hundred percent. I've been on this hot kick lately with my content. I'm on, I'm on a new, you know, you get caught on certain things you want to talk about. This concept of grudges is on my mind in a way that you can't imagine. This concept of grudges might be the most reverse thing I've, like I'm really tapped in right now. People hold a grudge and actually think the person they're holding the grudge against is getting hurt right. when, they're getting eaten, when they're getting eaten alive by holding the grudge. It's, it's profound to me and that goes into energy. If you're spending all your energy paying attention to the person that you're mad at to hope that they are more hurt because you're hurt by them, you've got no energy for yourself to find your happiness. Told you he's Buddhist. He's Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who has the last question for G as we let him go? Anyone? Um, go ahead, Jen. So I just want to know, what are your thoughts on the, the future of education? A lot of us here are talking about the educational system's broken. Here at Abundance.io, we, we teach people how to create business online, trying to shorten that gap between um, you know, information download to being able to apply it and have some, sec some success in some factor or another. I know that it's evolved to online a bit, but where do you see the evolution of education going in the next three to five years? Three to five years, I think it's gonna be small little steps, couple more people, AKA thousands to 10,000 more people are gonna take their kids homeschooling, couple more people, AKA thousands to 10,000 people are gonna let their kids mail in the core education so that they can spend an hour or two when they get home on something that's digital. But I think in a 15 year window, in a 20 year window, you're looking at substantial, substantial changes. I believe Gen Z, call it 16 to 22 year olds today, are the generation that won't make their kids go to college. Mm. So maybe it's another 20 years where that they start having children and so then another 20. So, you know, you know, kids, people are having kids a little bit later. They're 20 now. Let's just give it 10, 18. I would say in 25 years, you're gonna see a substantial, substantial fall off the cliff moment of college uh, college kids. And I think that will trickle then down to high school and grammar school. And I, I think the revolution, the cat's out of the bag at this point. And over the next three decades, we will see transformation, more vocational, like we used to do it in the 50s. Parents are gonna be more, not ideological, more practical. So, hey, my kid loves being a mechanic, like let them learn to be a mechanic now. The reason I'm a great entrepreneur is my mom let me be an entrepreneur from eight to 18. I came out guns a blazing at 20. You know, people hear my story. <laughs> I, you know, like I was, a, I was a veteran by the time I was, they're like, wow, at 22, you built your dad's business so fast, how? I was a fucking 14 year veteran in business by then. You know, that's how. Yeah, another And role. so I think we're gonna see that. I think we're gonna see more skill sets, more alternative learning, um, it's just so obvious. The world's changing rapidly. Yeah, and we mo need more of Gary Vee, and in case you didn't know what a Gary Vee was, you now no. do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he has blessed us all. Gary Vaynerchuk, I am honored to be your best friend, at least for